This is HPR episode 2014 entitled, A First Look at the OMB-35T Part 2. It is hosted by Anibil and is about 22 minutes long. The summary is, more clicking on things, Bluetooth happens, things are taken apart. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Bill, and I'm back with part two of the review of this Oon B35T. Where I left off on part one was I was having trouble pairing the Bluetooth in the meter to my phone, and I tried everything I could. The, the, the normal way, you go to uh, Android settings, and you go into Bluetooth, and you scan for devices, and I scanned, and B35T shows up, and I click to pair with it and the pair failed every time. So I tried with uh, my old Motorola Droid, my current Samsung Galaxy 4, which is kind of getting long in the tooth. I like these new 7s that are out. Even though I'm not a phone guy, bigger and better and faster is better. I might go phone shopping soon, let's see. Uh, So what I found out was you don't pair with Android's pairing. You actually go into Oan's uh, application here and when you do you'll see at the top of the screen no device no device what this looks like it looks like you could have two of these meters and be pairing to both of them and have the two of them doing different things maybe one's voltage and the other is current or you know however you want to set it up or two different voltages on two different parts of a board that actually would be handy uh so here you go i got the app open let me take a picture of yes we're still doing this all live I'll take a picture of what it looks like, turn the meter on, put it to, you hold down Bluetooth, it goes to Bluetooth, your camera dial is in the wrong position, okay, fix that. So there it is, that first picture, it'll show no input, no input, no device, no device. So what you do is you click on either of these no devices, so I've done that. And then it shows up all on B35T and it gives its MAC address. So you long hold on that. I suppose if you had multiple meters, you would see all of them in there. And then after a short pairing, boom, it's up. Here we are. It shows my all on B35T. I don't know if I could possibly change that. So you could go like meter one and meter two. Meter one's on the left, meter two's on the right. What I'm actually going to do in a minute is get rid of this second node device that's not going to show me any output and ha- just have this meter full screen on my phone. Let me turn on the uh, power supply so I can send some voltage readings to my Bluetooth phone. There we go, 18.38 volts and 18.38 volts. Shows right up. I need a better way to prop my phone up. Let me prop it up between probe leads. This is real professional. 
So there it is. If I go up and down on my voltage on the bench power supply, I'm at 23 now. The phone tracks right to 23. It follows it. There's, there's very little lag. So that's a quick connection. Now, let me see how I did go to full screen. I pressed the middle button, which looked like a square with some lines around it. You press that button once and it shows your meter reading in the center of the screen. And then around the outside are select, range, duty, minimum, maximum, relative, hold, auto. So can I change that? What if I press hold? Oh, if I press hold on the phone, the meter holds. Oh, that's cool. I just dropped the meter. The bell wasn't clicked. This is pretty neat. You can control the meter from your phone. Range. Yeah, I'm changing the range of the settings. This is quite neat. Those beeps you hear are the phone, but I'm doing it from my phone. Or, yeah, let me say that again. The beeps you hear are from the meter, but I'm controlling it from my phone. Change the range back to 13.3. I'll take a picture of this so you can see what the app screen looks like when you're in the full meter, when you have the full meter up and you can control it from here. Let's see. So, so far, I really think this Bluetooth stuff is pretty cool. Up here, it says you can give it voice commands. I've never talked into my phone, so, except to talk to humans. I'm not going to try that. Uh, how do you get to the logging? This can do data logging. Oh, look at that. I just pressed a button that looks like a, an up arrow going on a graph. And it's just slowly logging. It's We're up to 423 logs since I started recording. Oh, let me uh, turn the voltage up and down. Yep, you can watch the voltage go up and down in your log. I'm, I suppose, oh, and then there's a graph here. It's graphing out the voltage. I need to, how can you minimize the graph? You can zoom in on the graph. So I'm sure all this can be exported if you need to put it in another, you know, up on your computer watch some voltage or amps or whatever you're doing, watch it over a period of time, and then you can export all this and use the data to, you know, trend the plot line or see where things are going wrong. So yeah, this is really cool. I know uh, when I did the when I did the review of the Unity, I was mentioning that that has a data logging feature as well and how I n never planned on using the data logging feature. And I haven't, I haven't yet. I got in a conversation in the comment section of that episode where I think it was with Mike Ray and we talked about, you know, it's it's a clunky interface and it goes to RS-232 and then there was talk about there's a USB cable for it and I ordered the Unity USB cable and it did come in and it, you know, I stuck it in the Unity but, you know, it wants you to use Windows once again so I put their software into Wine on Arch and it was just, you know, uh, what was it, VMware or whatever I used, VirtualBox, something. That didn't want to use USB yet. You needed some special. It just, it wasn't worth the hassle. I'm not going to be data logging and I didn't want to go through all that hassle. But this, if you need the data log, you just bring your phone and this meter. This is, uh, if I ever need to data log, this is the way I'm going to do it. This is really cool. And my phone just, now I got to go back in, turned off. Yep, it's just slowly here, data logging. Since I talked a minute ago, about 400 and something, now we're up to 628 readings.
and they've all been at 17.2 volts right where I left the power supply. So here you go. Here's a very inexpensive way to data log with a $35 meter and the phone you have right in your pocket. So I think the Bluetooth data logging and even the control, I, I like the control of it, that is a pass for this meter. The next thing to do with it is, oh, and I should say, I just, I made little notes for myself last night. Yeah, I don't know when you're going to hear this second episode. It might be like weeks and weeks went by, but actually in real life, just 24 hours have gone by. It's the next day. Uh, it does not auto shut off. I left it running and running yesterday and there's no auto shut off. So that's kind of a bummer, especially that you just have two 1.5 volt double A's in there. You know, how quick are you going to run those down? I'm sure they had that the light feature when you turn on the light and it turns off like within 10 seconds. I'm sure they're doing that to save batteries. Why wouldn't they implement a auto shutoff as well? I don't know if like the cheap chips that they're buying don't support that. But I would think that just the manufacturer is going to make one like digital multimeter chipset and then you just activate the features. But maybe I'm being naive or maybe there's just different, there's three or four different chipsets that give you better accuracy. That's probably more likely. Anyways, the next step for this little review is to take this thing apart. So let me turn it off, plop the probes and it's to the screwdriver. Where are the screw holes? There's two on the bottom. Okay, here we go. I might cut out the silence or you might get to hear like banging and clunking of screwdrivers. And... Oh, the, uh, the battery cover retention is into a brass insert. That's good. Be you know, instead of plastic with a screw that every time you screw it back in, it's going to cross thread and ruin the plastic over time. Because I imagine with two, just two double A's, you're probably going to burn these up quickly. The screws to get into the meter itself, these feel like they might go into plastic. And I don't see any screws on the top. Oh yes, I do. Close the bail and there's two more. The Sound of a Screwdriver by NY Bill. So pop these screws out of here. Is it retained by, can I just, no, I just pull it and boom, it opens up. Wow. Okay, a couple things right off the bat. I like the, the way the batteries connect to the board. I'm gonna have to get that spring back through there. They are two plates that stick out of the back of the board and those go up through the back the plastic of the back and connect to the battery that's better than having like a little nine volt like lead thing that's gonna flop around oh I can see the uh, the Bluetooth module on the I should probably take a picture the Bluetooth module is in the upper left hand corner there's multimeters these days they look very sparse inside because I think they've got everything just crammed onto that one big master chip I mean multimeters these days they're just a computer they are a computer so it's not like you need staging and relays with resistors and different networks going on. Oh, the uh, I was having trouble putting in the black probe. And I figured that the banana jack sockets on this Oon must be solid sockets, which is, gives a good solid connection. And you expect the, the male part of the banana probe to have the relief and the spring in it, not 
inside the meter, but these are split barrel. So let me get the uh, that probe while I have this open. They're split barrel, but they're sitting in very heavy plastic, which gives good stability for your probes, but it's not going to let that split barrel spring out. I don't know what I did with those probes. I don't think I'm going to be using them anyway. I have like probes just cast around me to the left and the right from yesterday. So one of you can come clean this room when we're done with this. Let me see, uh, look from the inside while I try and insert this. Yeah, it's these, it's the probes that they come with. I don't know if I could get a really tight shot of this inside of the probe, but there's no spring to it. How, how would I explain that? Like there's four sections that meet like with a cross in the metal, four different sections of metal, but they're, they're not separated by anything. There's no way that they can get any closer together, so it's like there's no spring to them at all. If I hold it up and, uh, no, too dark, turn on a light. Maybe compare it with another. Yeah, geez, if I can get a close-up shot of this, I can, or, yeah. If I can get a close-up shot of this, I will. Here's another probe. That that might do. This shot I'm this shot I just took, you can see my you know thumb and finger holding it. At my finger is the Oan probe, and at my thumb is a probe that I think came from Unity. And if you look inside, the the upper one is a fatter piece of metal inside. On the bottom it's a little bit thinner piece of metal. On the top with that fat piece of metal, there's no room between where the cutouts for it to, you know crush and you know change its form on the bottom there's just a little bit of relief between the cuts and it has some room to spring I don't know if this black probe just in manufacturing didn't get cut properly I don't know how they manufacture them but the red one worked fine and this black one is just unusable so I, I feel a little bummed out with with that because I liked the uh, the threaded retaining retention system on the probe itself anyways you can look in the show notes for the last episode and you can see the inexpensive probe set I like to use anyways from X-Tech if you're interested in a decent probe set. Okay, back to this meter. Uh, the fuses. This fuse, I don't know how you get it out of the back here. Oh, you can access one fuse without opening the kit right up. Kind of. One amp at 220 volts, but it's just a little glass fuse. It's nothing too beefy. And then there is a uh, sealed fuse below. Doesn't say what size that is. Anyways, the, the fuses are, they're looking a little, I don't, again, with that, uh, what was it? 20 amps at 250 volts. Uh, you're taking a chance trying to use this for like big electric. The shunt trip looks big and beefy though. That's probably the 20 amps, this shunt trip. It's just a solid bar. It looks like they did take time to like crimp it slightly to get it towards 20 amps, but, and then they put a glob of solder on it because they might've crimped too far. Anyways, again, this is an inexpensive meter that I would recommend using for electronics, like low voltage stuff. Don't go sticking this inside a 480 panel. Don't go running current through this at 20 amps at 250 volts like they say you can do for, what was it, 
for 10 seconds and then let the meter cool down for 15 minutes. Other than that, inside it's nice and clean. It's a cool color blue. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it, but anyways, there we go. There's the beeper. Okay. There's the buzzer. What is the buzzer feature? This is going to be interesting trying to get the spring part of the battery back through. This is nothing you need to hear on the podcast. But it's done. I'm going to put this back together and this meter will not replace my Unity as a as my electronics meter of choice. Probably nothing's going to replace this Unity until I can scalp the Fluke 189, which I've been trying to scalp on eBay for like months, but they always at the end they go for a high price. To me, the the Unity once the Unity 61E is kind of trying to be what the Fluke 189 was, and the Fluke 189 is an older meter. It's been superseded by the Fluke uh, 289. There's also a 187 and a 287. The seven doesn't have uh, internal memory and logging, and the nines do. However, the Fluke 289. This has nothing to do with this podcast, but I'm just giving my thoughts while I put these screws in. The Fluke 287 and 289, when you turn them on, they actually have a boot sequence, and it's it's even more computerish. And they go through a splash screen, and you got to wait for like I don't I don't know what it is, but six or ten seconds just to you know take a quick reading. I don't want a computer for a meter. I would rather go with the 187 or the 189, which is going to do all the readings I want to do for, uh, yes, I'm distracted putting in screws, for electronics work and be the quality meter that I don't have to worry about safety with it. However, it's, I, I don't really expect to be using my Unity in any situation where I have to worry about safety anyways. So far, this, this Unity has been, I, like I said in one of these podcasts, I don't know which it is, but I have two now. One that I leave in my hacker bag and one that I keep on the bench so that it was just, they're so inexpensive. Why not buy two and then I don't even have to unpack the hacker bag. I just bring that to the lug or I bring that to the 2600 meeting and I have the same exact meter up here on the bench. And when I want to use them, it's all, I like having two. I lost the screw to close the battery in. Here it is. So there it is. I think this episode is probably a lot shorter than the other one because there wasn't much to do except try and figure out how to do the Bluetooth part and open it up and have a look inside. So there we go. We got Bluetooth going and we looked inside the unit and you can check out the pictures I'm going to put up if you want to see any of that. And for 35 bucks, if you need data logging, this is the way to go, I would say. You're not going to be able to use the probes unless I just got a bum set. Maybe they just had a bad run of probes that day. But that data logging on Bluetooth to the phone, that's pretty cool. You don't have to carry a computer with you. You just, you got whatever, you know, the phone's already in your pocket. You just bring this little meter and you can data log all day long. Come home, stick it up on a computer. So, pretty cool. Overall, I'm happy. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, like a multimeter nut. I don't know why, but it's just when I'm doing, like, 90% of the time, I'm reaching for a meter, not a scope and not you know, some other piece of test equipment. It's just, you just need a meter. You just need to do some continuity, or I just need to do some continuity, check some voltage somewhere, figure out what size a cap is that you can't read the side of it. So this is a keeper. I thought, you know, I'd just check it out. And I, by the specs of it, 
I thought I wouldn't keep it around because I'd rather the 22,000 count of the Unity, but I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep this around and if I ever need to do data logging, this is the way I'm gonna go. So I've blabbed on about enough about this and uh, if you wanna look into one, I just checked Amazon when I was doing the links for the last episode and they're still 35 bucks. So maybe the prices come down, maybe they found their competitive edge that they're gonna start selling these things at. So the choice is up to you. If you want one, go get one. Oh. Right before, at the very end, here are the here is the uh, temperature probe, and it has the same. Nope, the temperature probe. I was gonna say it had the same uh, crimping problem that the black lead did, but no, these these have some uh, relief in the gaps between the four. It's kind of like a clover shape. The the male end of the probes look like looks like a clover, and the metal can spring, and that's where you get your retention. Anyways, there's a little aside at the very end. So, if uh, anyone wants to talk to me on GNU Social Identica-ish, um, nybill at sn.gunmonkeynet.net. Email is nybill at gunmonkeynet.net. And as always, we can uh, have a chat in the comment section if you'd like. So, until next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.